This episode of Mark My Words is sponsored by the Coatings Alliance, makers of C2 paint. When C2 President Tom Hill asked me my opinion of what would make a program for their super premium wood finish product, Guard, more attractive to dealers, I shared my view that dealers look for three things when they're considering putting new products in their stores. They want a low initial investment, they don't want to have to spend any money on equipment, and they want to know that if the program is not successful, that they can send the product back. And so that's exactly what C2 put together in their program for Guard. I only wish my daughter Buckwheat would listen as well. So if you're interested in hearing more about this program, you can do one of two things. You can go to c2dealer.com to read more, or you can email Tom Hill yourself and ask him any questions you have. That's th, the number four, at c2paint.com. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me today on another episode of In the News. You are listening and watching the Mark My Words podcast and vlogcast. I'm your host, Mark Lipton. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, when the town of Medina, Ohio was founded in 1818, it was originally, believe it or not, part of the state of Connecticut. Uh, it was originally named after Mecca. That's Islam's holiest city in Saudi Arabia. But when it was discovered that Ohio already had a town of Mecca, the town was renamed to Medina in honor of Islam's second holiest city. Now Medina, of course, is no longer part of the state of Connecticut, and it is the home to the country's fourth largest paint manufacturer, and that's RPM. To dealers, RPM means Rust-Oleum and Zinsser, but the conglomerate also owns such brands as Carboline, DAP, and Modern Masters. With pandemic-driven demand for coatings remaining strong, uh, RPM recently grew into a spot on the Fortune 500. That's the list of the largest 500 companies by revenue in the United States. It was the first time that RPM had made that list since 1994. Joining the list at number 489, RPM sales exceeded 5.5 billion for the last calendar year, that's with a B, while 65% of those sales come from the company's industrial segment, which generally speaking is not sold through independent dealers. RPM is still one of our segment's largest players. Uh, there's probably not a dealer listening to this or watching this right now that does not stock at least some RPM products between the Zinsser, the Modern Masters, uh, the Rust-Oleum, the DAP. There are lots of choices. These brands are all through most independent retailers' stores. When asked about his company's entry into the famed Fortune list, RPM CEO and Chairman Frank Sullivan said, that the credit goes to our 15,000 hardworking associates around the world. And I would like to call out my friends, James Trezzo and Frankie Molinelli. Uh, that is for you. Uh, in my experience in my stores, uh, Rustoleum, Zinsser before them, uh, RPM employees were among the best trained that called on me when I was working behind the counter at Tremont Paint. And so uh, this sort of outcome does not surprise me. RPM has always made uh, fabulous products. They've always been priced very competitively in the channel, and they've always had excellent support for their dealers. 
So congratulations to Frankie and James and the rest of my friends uh, at RPM uh, for making it into the Fortune 500 this year. On another topic, while the pandemic has brought large sales gains to dealers of architectural paints, dealers of industrial products have had a rougher road. With many facilities closed or requiring reduced staffing to allow for social distancing, industrial coating sales struggled in the first several quarters of the pandemic. Price increases have also been a challenge in this segment with dealers seeing as much as 30% increases in some product families. But as the economy has begun to normalize and the effects of the pandemic are starting to ease, dealers in the industrial segment are beginning to see their businesses rebound. While much of the volume in this multi-billion dollar segment does not go to independent retailers, dealers, particularly in wood finishes, which is uh, considered part of the industrial segment, are seeing large gains as people now working from home spend time and money to refinish or buy additional furniture and wood items for their homes and offices, which they are now spending more time in. Chris Bradford, Global Market Director of Industrial Coatings for Axon Nobel, shared that while demand has returned, that a perfect storm of supply interruptions, global shipping issues, and the challenges of restarting manufacturing have heavily impacted both raw material availability and pricing. Dealers in the industrial and wood finishes market should expect continued price inflation, which may be significant for the remainder of 2021. On to color, in 2009, researchers at Oregon State University discovered a new blue pigment. It was the first new blue pigment discovered in over 200 years. And in mid 2020, the pigment was approved by the EPA for commercial use. While its use is far from widespread, paint makers are beginning to find uses for this new pigment, which is more vivid than cobalt and Prussian blue. Here in the US, Golden Paintworks is already offering products made with this new pigment called Yinmin Blue, and they're offering them as special order as part of their artist collection. Despite some chemical and light reflective properties that are advantageous to coatings making, it's likely that this pigment is too rare to be of significant commercial value. A quick internet search uh, showed me that a 1.3 ounce tube of artist paints made with Yinmin Blue is currently selling for $180 online. For those who have been following me for a while, you're familiar with the Farnsworth Group. The Farnsworth Group is the market research organization that specializes in our segment. They recently released the last installment of their COVID tracker. That's for the DIY consumer behavior. Uh, since the beginning of the pandemic, they've been coming out with a monthly and more recently quarterly uh, reports on consumer behavior and the effects of the pandemic uh, in our channel. They're wrapping that up now with over 60% of the last survey respondents stating that they were vaccinated. It's fair to say that they are going to change their tracking more to post-COVID than COVID. One takeaway from this final installment of their DIY COVID tracker of those who polled who had answered that they started a home improvement project in the last 30 days, 43% stated that the impacts from COVID caused them to do this specific job, 
which they had not been considering before the pandemic. A year ago at this same time, that number was only 14%. So early in the pandemic, people were not as inclined to rush out and repaint and do other things. And now that the pandemic has reached into its later stages and it's starting to look like uh, work from home is is becoming a thing for so many of us, uh, people are changing their buying patterns and they're spending more money uh, on their homes and on their home's offices uh, to get them prepared for a life of being around the house more often. So while the pandemic fades, consumers are still making home improvement decisions based on the effects of the pandemic. It's likely that this level of demand will be with us for a while. In-store purchases seem to have returned with 89% of respondents stating that they had made a purchase in-store for a project that was currently going on. But what is interesting is that 48% responded that they made a purchase online. This behavior is consistent and steady and does not look at this point like this trend is going to change back. Uh, dealers, even dealers seeing uh, large traffic flow into their stores should consider a significant online presence. That's where their customers, particularly on the B2B side with information that I've seen in other work that the Farnsworth Group has done on the B2B side, business customers are looking for dealers who can supply them their needs through an online ordering process. Axo Nobel is in the news with a recent acquisition as they announced the purchase of Grupo Orbis. That's a leading paint manufacturer in South and Central America. Axo is the third largest paint maker in the world with sales of over $11 billion. This is Axo Nobel's third acquisition in the last 18 months. They've recently added Titan Paints in Spain, and here in the United States, they've recently added Nautical Paints. While this acquisition does not directly impact dealers, it is still significant in my view. Economies of scale are important to paint manufacturers and size has a tremendous impact on price. Manufacturers who buy raw materials by the mountainside versus by the train load can make paint cheaper. Manufacturers whose smallest batch is 10,000 gallons have a price advantage over those who are still making paint two, three, 4,000 gallons at a time. As part of a larger trend towards paint manufacturers getting bigger, here's what concerns me for the independent dealer channel, particularly as it relates to the largest player in our channel, and that's Benjamin Moore, who has generally not participated in the acquisition frenzy. It's my guess from recollection that Benjamin Moore first became a billion dollar company from what I recall around 1998. You're welcome to write to me and tell me if you know better. Uh, at that time, Benjamin Moore would have been the, at the higher end of the bottom half of the world's top 10 paint makers. Again, from my recollection, I'd probably put them at uh, seven, eight or nine, uh, somewhere around that time. And they were about one-fifth of the size of the largest paint maker in the world, which at the time still would have been Sherwin-Williams. This year, Benjamin Moore revenues are likely to be in the $1.5 to $1.7 billion range, which puts them in the bottom quarter of the world's top 20 paint makers size-wise. This year, Benjamin Moore revenues are likely to be in the $1.5 to $1.7 billion range, which only puts them in the bottom quarter of the world's top 20 
as far as size of paint manufacturers. Equally as concerning as their slide from the bottom half of the top 10 to the bottom half of the top 20 is the spread between Benjamin Moore's size and the size of the other manufacturers in the space. As I mentioned earlier, back in 1998, when they would have first made their billion for the first time, they were about one fifth the size of Sherwin-Williams. This year, I expect Sherwin-Williams to be 15 times more sizable than Benjamin Moore. And so dealers should keep an eye on this segment of the news. This is an important piece, not so much as it affects our lives day to day, but it is an important piece that tells the story of the trend of how our segment of the economy and how our segment of this market is likely to do. The long-term effects of widening spread between manufacturers who supply the larger market and supply this channel may be significant for dealers. If the world's largest paint makers continue to grow at a rate significantly faster than dealers and the manufacturers who supply dealers, then dealers may find themselves at a competitive disadvantage, maybe even more significantly than they feel now. My final story of the day is from Pittsburgh, where PPG has announced that they are seeking approval for an antimicrobial paint, which kills the coronavirus. Based on Corning's glass ceramic technology, which can kill 99.9% .9 of the virus which causes COVID-19, in testing, the product showed that it maintained it's virus killing properties through six years of scrub tests. We know that more than ever, our customers are seeking multiple layers of protection as they navigate the COVID-19 pandemic, said Michael McGarry, chairman and CEO of PPG in a prepared statement. Following registration with the EPA, we look forward to launching a paint in the coming months that contains Corning's Guardian, providing customers with an additional safeguard from the coronavirus in areas that pose a higher health risk. So that's it with the news uh, from our segment for the week. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'm Mark Lipton. Like, subscribe, and I'm looking forward to seeing you the next time.